Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we will analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season or only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. Jackass around here and see what happens. We are doing the 2007 four-episode run of Armed and Famous, which started its run on CBS and completed its run on VH1. Yes, as voted by our patrons on Patreon. Thank you to our patrons for choosing Armed and Famous. And thank you to our obscure media on Reddit for finding this for me. Yes, very nice of you. I always appreciate when... uh. I love Obscure Media as a subreddit because that's kind of where I dig through to find things. Yes, yeah, we find some good stuff there. It's, it's also a good place to just kind of hang out for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and just view some interesting stuff. So, if we're going to get into Armed and Famous, let's start by pouring one out. Uh, I'm going to go first because yours is a little more to explain. Oh, yes, yes, it is. Uh, mine is the Muncie Mango. Uh, It takes place in Muncie, Indiana, which is the home of Ball State University. And so I wanted to make a college-y type drink because Muncie is a college town. Okay. So this is the Pepsi Zero Sugar Mango with half a shot of banana rum. Very nice. How is it? Um, You know, I haven't tried it yet. Oh, this is exciting. It's really good. Is it? Yeah. Oh, no. I'm interested. Thank you so much. It does taste like a college drink, which was the goal. Yes. Oh, ooh. It's got that very sweet soda. Mm Mm-hmm. That's fun. That's fun. I I wanted it to taste like the kind of thing you'd get on special at a college bar. Yeah. Yeah, that's what what it tastes like. Yeah. Uh, I have uh, the, uh, the cast of... Armed and famous. You have like a, an entree there. Yeah, so what I've done is uh, I started with uh, supporting for Latoya Jackson, who is fancy. So I started with some sparkling vanilla water as my base. And then I added some uh, Jack Daniels for Jack Osborne. Ironically. And then I, yes, and then I included uh, some Kahlua for the coffee drinking uh, Trish Stratus. Okay. And then a wee bit of uh, Blue Coruscant for Wee Man, our boy in blue. And then for Eric Strada, I garnished it with chips. When we discussed this off mic, I thought you were going to crush the chips and rim the glass with them. No, that sounds gross. Oh, it's on your computer. Are you happy with yourself? No. <laughs> I haven't tried it yet because I'm terrified. Because there's so many flavors in this right now. And it is... Swamp water, slight green. Yeah, it's like oddly separating. Like, mm. should have done that. I smelled it. That, oof. Oh my god, it's incredible. I feel like you're lying. I, I'm not lying, so that you would try it. <laughs> you're super lying. So I'll, it's I mean, incredible. You should drink it. You, didn't you like, could drink all of it if you wanted. Oh no, 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 that's. I will take a sip for journalism. All right, for journalism reasons. This 
Looks like unsafe tap water. She's smelling it, ladies and gentlemen. It smells like something and I'm trying to place it. It smells like melted popsicle. Melted ice cream, maybe? Oh, Christ. (laughs) This is the worst drink I've ever created. Oh, my God. Oh, no. I got the vanilla. Yeah, it's no. what's ruining it is... The Jack. The Jack. Yeah, I was going to say the Kahlua, but it's the Jack. Yeah, because the cherry vanilla and the Kahlua... The van- or the vanilla would like mix well with a coffee. Yeah, the vanilla yeah, and the coffee and the orange from uh, the blue carrot horse out all good things. Yeah. But then the Jack Daniels is in here, and uh, yeah, it's bad. Oof. Good God. I'm gonna drink it. That's the rule. That is legitimately the worst drink you've ever made on the show. Easily, um, easily the worst drink I've made on this show. Especially because I made something cutesy because I, I I wanted to dance around some of the issues we we're gonna talk about later. So that's why I was like, I'm going to make a cute college town special drink. And so I made something I would have ordered as a senior in college. Oh, this is just, it's half a shot and it's mostly diet soda. Yes, please. Mm. Let's get into this show. So Muncie, Indiana is a 60, is a town with a population of 67,000 people. Okay. It is home to Ball State University, which is a fairly large public university in Indiana. Mm-hmm. It has a student population of about 20,000. Right. I want to talk about that because I, I want to mention that it's a college town. This was also shot in early December 2006. Okay. I wanted to, because we actually do have a thing where a Christmas tree figures in. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to talk, because this airs in January, so the turnaround is very short. Yeah, that's pretty quick. So the first thing we see is uh, them going in... The first episode starts with them going into training. Yes. The first episode's probably the most interesting. Yeah, so we have this no-nonsense sergeant being like... This is serious. This is serious. And he calls out Wee Man. Saw your movie. Wasn't impressed. Jackass around here and see where it gets you. It's like, okay, we get it. Uh, (laughs) So they're trying to like... They're trying to communicate to us as the audience that this is real deal cop training. And they're not going to, like, treat these five people with kid gloves. Yes. Our five celebrities, I know you went over them with your drink, but I'm going to go over them again. Please do. Are Jack Osborne, uh, who is from the show The Osbournes, and that was what he would have been best known for in 2006. Mm-hmm. WWE superstar Trish Stratus, who's mm-hmm. like a female legend. Mm-hmm. Latoya Jackson of the famed Jackson musical family. Eric Estrada, who played Munch on Chips. I'm sorry, played who? Munch. No. <laughs> Munch. Punch. 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 Munch. Munch. <laughs> I didn't watch Chips, guys. Oh, Turk and JD are rolling in their graves. Turk and JD are alive <laughs> and well and harassing Perry Cox. <laughs> and Jason Wee Manacuna from Jackass. Yes. Here's our second Jackass Wee Man. Yeah, we, we have a, a very strange theme going. Yeah. Um, so these are our five celebrities. We're getting them traffic stop training. And like, yes. this is 2006. Watching this in spring 2021 hits different. It hits very different. Because everything is about protecting the cop. Yes. And they, 
the first thing they are training these cops is every traffic stop is dangerous and you could die. Yeah, they're basically saying, like, don't treat this. And I understand this training for a cop of, like, treat every uh, traffic stop like it could go wrong. Yeah. This is basically just, like, don't let your guard down. Mm-hmm. And uh, Eric Estrada goes first. And he's, like, demanding the person gets out of the vehicle. Like, lay down on the ground, face down. And they're, like... Eric, it's supposed to be routine. It's not like this guy doesn't have a warrant. He's like, oh, okay. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, Eric Estrada immediately kind of goes too hard. And then they cut to a talking head of Eric Estrada going, The other cadets have never done a cop show. I did for six years. Poncherello and Chips. So over them, I had a tremendous advantage. I was like, shut up. (laughs) What do you mean? Yeah, you played a dramatic cop who had no real rules. And... Uh, Latoya immediately shoots a dummy, like pulls her gun like she would have shot an unarmed man. No, she shoots the driver. Right. Like they they don't have like guns. They have like training pistols. But like she's very quick to pull her gun out and shoot someone. Yeah, which I'm going to be honest. We see this kind of reflected in the assignments Latoya gets from there on in. Because Latoya, they do seem to actively avoid putting her in these situations. Yes. Uh, Jason Acuna, wee man, successfully de-escalates a traffic stop. Yeah. He disarms a driver Mm -hmm. because the driver is armed and he successfully disarms him. Yeah. And uh, so that's the first kind of moment we get with wee man of he's successful. Yeah, he's very successful. And Trish dies. Yes. Trish gets shot by the, the person that she pulls over. And then we get... Taser training. Now, before we get, oh. we go any further, there's something I wanted to bring up. Because yes. we kind of glossed over this. You did an amazing job of explaining who these people were. Yeah. Something the show does not bother to do. Fair. Like, they don't really explain who Trish is to the point where I thought they weren't allowed to say WWE. They say it later. They say it later. But, like, in this episode, I was like, are they not allowed to say where she's from? Because it's... It, they don't address it so much that I thought they were avoiding it. Yeah. That's how poorly they establish who the celebrities are in Armed and Famous. Which is strange because, like, the whole thing is that they're famous. Yeah. And, like, other than Munch, other than Eric Estrada, everyone who is famous is very niche famous. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of, like, overlapping mainstream appeal in Trish and Wee Man and LaToya. And Jack Osborne. Yeah, like, Jack Osborne and Wee Man have a ton of overlap. Because they're both MTV. Yes. And then Trish Stratus might also be part of that, like, men 18 to 40 demographic. Mm-hmm. LaToya and Estrada are kind of a generation removed from yeah. if their prime. If you were watching this randomly on CBS, as you were a regular CBS watcher... Like, you might not know who Trish Stratus is. Yeah, you'd probably know Eric and LaToya. Mm-hmm. So it's a very weird combination of celebrities that would skew young and celebrities that would skew older. Right. The next thing we get is taser training. Yes. And first is Estrada. And he does, like, this very overwrought, overdramatic... Like, throws his head back and roars in pain. And then he talks about having an overlarge testicle from that. 
Yeah. He's Which just, is weird. Eric Estrada, more than anyone, is trying to be entertaining. Yeah. Like, he's, he, he's the one that is most aware it's a show throughout. Uh, for Wee Man, it's Tuesday. Yeah, he got tased. Yeah, like, like he usually does. Yeah, Jason Acuna looks at it like, eh, tasing. But it should be noted that he still opts for the least, for the less uh, painful version. Yes. He doesn't actually get shot with the taser. They just, like, attach it to him. Yes. This will be important later. Latoya almost dies. Yeah, she screams and collapses. Mm -hmm. And I actually don't even have notes about how Jack takes it. Like, he just does. He just takes it. Yeah, there's nothing special. Uh, Jack is the least entertaining. We see a lot less of Jack than anyone else in these four episodes. Yeah. And... Tristratus actually gets shot with a taser gun. Yeah, she wants the she wants the full experience. And takes it like a champ. She takes actually being shot better than Latoya takes the kid gloves version. Yes, she she kind of throws her head back. And I wouldn't say she screams as much as she moans. Yeah, she arches her back. It's definitely a sexualized selling version. Yeah. And, like, you see Eric get very interested in this. Uh, and then when they turn it off, she takes, like, a knee and then throws her head back and giggles. Stop. No. Yeah. And <laughs> it's sexual. It's very sexual. The sexualized selling, you like, because she's a WWE superstar of a certain era... That's probably how she has trained herself to express pain. Yeah. Because the selling of women in that era was so sexualized. Yes. Like it was all moaning and arching your back and... And Jack responds to this by saying, Trish, you're the toughest guy I know. He says, you're more of a guy than I am. Oh, he, he says you're the toughest guy I, I know think as she well. says. I think he says both. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Latoya is on the phone with her brother Jackie. Right mm-hmm. after this. And dramatically announces she's becoming a cop. Yes. And then begs her brother not to tell their mother. Yes. Don't tell mother. Please don't tell mother. Please don't tell mother. And then goes through all of her famous siblings. Please don't tell mother. Don't tell Jermaine. Don't tell Jan. Don't tell Michael. Don't tell anybody. Please promise me. We promise. And like it's very much like we need to mention Michael Jackson. Yes. Let's put the seed out there that maybe... Michael Jackson finds out about this and gets upset and shows up. Yeah, like maybe... Which would have been the greatest moment in television history if Michael Jackson flew to Indiana to be like, why is my sister a cop? Yeah, even... I think CBS would have been happy even with Janet. Yeah. Like, a slightly more famous Jackson sibling could show up. Yeah. So then they get kind of some basic combat training... Yes. And they do, like, chokeholds. Yes. And Latoya does one. Hurts everybody? Well, no, Latoya does one on Trish. Mm. And she doesn't hurt Trish because the cop immediately breaks the hold. Mm -hmm. And Latoya, like, cries. Because Latoya gets hurt. Yeah. The the hold, I believe, is they're driving the knuckle into the jaw. Yeah. Uh, And if you don't know... Right here on your jaw, mm-hmm. like right where your your jawbone meets, like your head. Dog jaw. Even where you have dog jaw, uh, they often call that the button. Okay. Uh, because when uh, you see fighters in UFC, they'll say, "Oh, shot right to the button," 
And when you get hit in the button, you go unconscious. Okay. So it's kind of like the button that knocks you out. So if you even just took your knuckle right now and pressed right there, you'd be like, ooh, that sucks. Oh, yeah, it does. It, yeah. So if you imagine someone putting any, like, real pressure onto that, it really sucks. <laughs> But they're supposed to do it at, quote, 30% pressure. Mm-hmm. They're not supposed to be really out to hurt each other. Latoya immediately goes 100% and hurts Jack. <laughs> and then well, she goes down the line. <laughs> she gets everybody with this maneuver. Well, Jack is the one who's really upset. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack is the one who, like, then has a talking head being upset by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Latoya then cuffs Jason Acuna, and he thinks it's hilarious. Yeah. Again. For him, this is Tuesday. Well, I love the part where... Like, getting clumsily cuffed by your friend. Latoya, at this time, is probably the most sober person who's attacked him in, like, (laughs) months. in quite some time. There's also, like, this combat training moment where it's, like, a dude in, like, the foam armor. Oh, this is great. And he's, like, trying to get up. And he puts his hand on the mat and he's like, but he pulling himself up and Wee Man runs by and football punts it. And you see the guy just fall on his face. I was like, whoa, Wee Man. Uh, yeah, Wee Man is like what I would like to call a combat pragmatist. Yeah. I. You can see how Jackass really trains Wee Man for this. Yeah. Because he has always been a roughhousing with men who are bigger than he is. Mm-hmm. So he has learned to hold his own in a very unique way. And I have it, like, this is like a holiday for him. This is just normal. This is probably the least pain he's been in on a film set. Right. Uh, And Eric Estrada farts on a cop. Eric Estrada farts on a cop, and everybody laughs because there was a fart. (laughs) (laughs) Farted. Podge just farted. (laughs) And then we see their first night, and they're in... Everyone except Acuna is in a laundromat. A laundromat. And... (laughs) Latoya... uh, There's a soap dispenser that is 75 cents. Yes. And you guys all have seen these. Uh, I always think of them in context of the sticker machine to the grocery store. Yes. Where you put a couple quarters in, you push the thing in, you pull it out, and you get the thing. Yes. Uh, In my case, usually a Disney sticker. I'm Mm. a 30-year-old woman. Fight me. Mm-hmm. For her, it would be laundry soap. She keeps trying to jam a dollar Yeah, in she's just putting a dollar in and then she's trying to like scan it like it's a credit card. <laughs> and the staff is laughing at her. And so are the other celebrities. Because Latoya, unlike everybody else, was born into like, was kind of born into this famous family. Right. So she never really like had to learn how to do this. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. And uh, Acuna is at a bar. Yes. They're like, yeah, we know where we man. And he's at a bar. And he's just with all these women drinking. And he goes, In the next week or two, maybe put out a brake light or something. And I might pull you over. I was like, ooh. <laughs> encouraging crimes, are we, Mr. Wee Man? I take police work party seriously, and I take partying seriously! <laughs> yeah, this this is worrisome and not indicative of how he ends up acting in the show. Yeah, this is the only time we see him acting like this stupid. 
Uh, he encourages crimes, or as I like to say, crimes. Crimes. And then we get the gun training. Yes. Yeah, so the real guns, real ammo, real danger. Yes. Uh, turns out Jack amazing with guns. Yeah. Jack Osborne is a crack shot. Yes. And Latoya is awful. Yeah, we are not surprised by this. Yeah, those are the only two we really see the results of. I'm going to guess Trish, Eric, and Wee Man kind of are just like in the middle of the pack. They do, they don't do bad enough or good enough to make good TV. Like, I want to really point out how amazing Jack is. Yeah. Because we have uh, a friend who was in the Marines, and he explained to me that there's like proficient and super proficient when Mm -hmm. it comes to pistols. And most people get proficient. Getting super proficient almost requires luck because it basically boils down to the weapon being inaccurate. And Jack is like dead on with his pistol shots. In, like everything is, when you have like the middle is 10 and then it fans out, he has like one shot in nine mm-hmm. and everything else is in 10. Yeah, it's it's pretty spectacular. Like the sergeant is like, did you... Was this yeah. your... Did you do this? Yeah, did one of the other police officers do this for you? And then the cop who is standing with Jack vouches for him. Yeah. And then they get a ceremony to declare them cops after three weeks of training that elapsed in three quarters of an episode. So this... Yeah, this bothers me because basically it turns out I'm not getting the show that I thought I was sold on. I thought the show was, could these five... Celebrities become cops. Yes. We are 75% through the first episode. The answer is yes. Now they are cops. And I'm like, wait, really? Is this really happening? And like, what's insane here is real police academy is like, they trained for three weeks. New Jersey State Police Academy is 24 weeks. Oh, jeez. Yes. Um, there are 20 hours of active countermeasures, and 32 hours of defensive tactics. So they're doing 52 hours of just self-defense, which is probably the amount of training they had in a week. These people had to do, like, a New Jersey state trooper has to do 60 hours of firearms instruction. I don't think they did 60 hours of firearm instruction. No, that's, like, more than a work week. (laughs) I don't think they did that. Just those two things would be a hundred and... 12 hours. Maybe they didn't sleep. Maybe they just did three weeks straight full training. Well, there's certain things I can see where I'm like, okay, we never see one of them drive a cop car, so they probably didn't do driving. Yeah. Um, Which would Jersey made... State cops have to do water safety? Because I guess we're coastal. Yeah. So they probably sense. never had to do water safety. So I can see the things that they would have cleared out. And again, I'm looking at New Jersey because... Uh, I guess since I'm geotagged as being from New Jersey, that's what Google sent me. See, because what was bothering me about the show is we see Latoya be bad, mm-hmm. but we don't see anyone fail. So I thought like that's what this show was going to be was like them making the attempt. Who could actually become a cop? And like the idea of seeing them do drive training in a cop car where they're like they're doing a chase sounds interesting to me. But that's not what the show is. The show is them actually being cops. And we don't know that until we're 45 minutes in. Like, Ball State University offers a Citizens Police Academy. Ball State University is the college that is in Muncie, Indiana. Yeah. That is 10 weeks. Jesus. So, like, 
this Citizens Academy is three times the amount of training that these celebrities had. I really want to talk, like, mention how little training they really had. So then everybody gets paired with their cop. I have the names listed. It's not really important right now. Uh, Latoya's partner is Amy, who immediately lays down the law. To set some boundaries and make some rules. This is my call, okay? That's because I'm in control of this car. I have more experience than you. Like, we are not friends. You suck. Uh, I am in charge here. Uh, Amy is very by the book. And you can see why she's been put with LaToya. Yes. Because LaToya is kind of a space cadet. Mm-hmm. And Amy is very no-nonsense. Yes. And then they get in the car and... It is such a classic suburban thing. Jack locks his door when they're driving through, like, a quote-quote bad area. Yeah. And uh, Jack's partner, Damon, immediately starts to roast him. Yeah. Oh, you're locking your door? (laughs) And then they get to uh, Jason, uh, Wee Man, and his partner, Scott. Yes. And they get a DUI. And they find a man who was tells us he was sleeping in the Red Dog parking lot. Mm-hmm. The Red Dog is clearly like a bar. Yeah. So you get a guy who tried to sleep it off, thought he was good to go, and wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, the man is a pinata of crack paraphernalia. Yes. Like, there's a, actually kind of a joke here of Wee Man goes like, you got a lot of stuff here. And the man goes, I got a lot of pockets. Yeah. And like, this is me kind of thinking, I don't know if this is real, because that joke was so good. Yeah. Turns out this is real. And you see, this the first time we see somebody being a cop, it's Jason Acuna. Yes. Hey man. And he is reasonable and kind. Almost like he has extensive experience dealing with people who are not sober. Yes. The, the one thing I want to point out that bothered me about this, though, is the, the guy says something like, are you a real cop? Or something like that. And he's like, yeah, I am real. And uh, Wee Man says something along the lines of, You never have this job? I would never even touch it. I took this job to keep people safe. No, you didn't. You took this job to be part of a CBS reality show. Let's not pretend like you randomly chose to be a cop because you had civic duty out of nowhere. Yeah. This is a reality show. And um, then we get Eric or Eric Estrada and his partner, Jamie. Eric mm-hmm. is with a female cop. And she's... It, it's tough because there's two no-nonsense blonde female cops. Mm-hmm. Jamie and Amy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a mistake. And they but go... But that shows that this is real. Like, because casting-wise, you would have never done that. But and those are the cops that actually work in Muncie, Indiana. And they're both blonde with ponytails, which is also what Trish looks like. Yeah. (laughs) And they go on a SWAT team drug bust. And it is this little old lady selling drugs. Yeah. And she's impressed because she's like, it's Ponch from Chips. Yeah. This is the wrong way to meet you, Ponch. I have Ponch's name right in my notes. (laughs) (laughs) That's even worse than I called him Munch earlier. I never watched Chips, guys. Um, So, like... He makes the arrest pretty easily. Yes. Uh, this will be the start of anytime Ponch makes an arrest, 
he also delivers a monologue. Yes. Like, like a television cop. Yeah. And then uh, Jack brings out a man who was smoking, and the man has a physical deformity. Yes. Like, he has... Uh, Missing fingers. He has, like... Uh, uh, I used to know what this was called. Yeah, Jack says he has crab hands. Yes. He has, like, a physical deformity in his hands. Yes. And Jack gets distracted by it. Mm-hmm. And, like, doesn't do anything right because he, like, can't get over this guy's hands. Mm-hmm. And he he frisks him and asks him to put his hands up against the wall. Like a TV frisking. Like a TV frisking. And the other cop is like, yo, don't do that. Do you know why you don't do that? I do not. Uh, this is something that, like, apparently criminals practice in prison. Okay. When you put your hands up against the wall, you can deliver a lot of force with a back elbow. Okay, that makes sense. So if you keep them off the wall, they don't have anything to push off of. Okay. So that's why, even though you see it a hundred times in cop shows, you never have the suspect put their hands up on the wall because you're giving them leverage. Oh. I haven't frisked anybody. So it's just like not a skill I have learned. I have fun facts sometimes. Yeah. Um, then LaToya and Amy go to dinner, but they're on duty. So they're like, they're going to. That, that's right. We see, we see Jack deal with this, this man with a deformity who could have back elbowed him. We see we man deal with, uh, this drunk driver. We see Ponch deal with this drug dealer. And then we see LaDoya deal with the conditions of a Texas roadhouse. Yeah, like, it's a chain restaurant, too. Like it's, no, not- it's They actually show you it's Texas roadhouse. Well, no, what I'm saying is, it's not like some little hole-in-the-wall small mm-hmm. business. And LaToya is like, I go places that need tablecloths. Yeah. So they make her a tablecloth out of, like, napkins. Yeah, and give her a finger bowl. <laughs> And they ask the cop, Amy, if she wants a finger bowl. And she's like, no. No, I want more peanuts and I want to throw the shells on the floor. Yeah, like... And so Amy kind of puts up with her. And they end up getting a call for an active warrant arrest that we don't see. Mm-hmm. They just leave. And That's then, right, we don't see that. <laughs> no. And then we see Kyle and Trish Stratus... Her partner's name is Kyle. Yes, Kyle, who drew the lucky straw when it comes to partners. Yeah, like, he he's the only one we see, like, not say anything to his partner first. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh, okay. And they respond to a house fire. It's no foul play. The Christmas tree went up. And uh, the man ran back in and got his kids out safely. And his pregnant wife and one of their children weren't home. And they arrive home. And Trish tries to be comforting, and she tells this grieving pregnant woman, like, that her husband was a hero who saved their children. And it kind of ends on this slightly optimistic moment of there was a metal box in one room, and all of their Christmas presents made it out unscathed. Yes. And a lot of, like, Trish hugging and, like, being a very genuine person here. Yeah, it's, it's like Wee Man of, like... Trish has a lot of people skills. WWE superstars have to do a lot of meet and greets. They have to do a lot of this kind of thing. So it doesn't surprise me that she is good at this. Mm -hmm. This is pretty in the skill set of what she would do. Mm -hmm. Because that's the other like half of the job. 
is they do stuff in the ring, but there's all of these meet and greets, make a wish, charity events. So she has learned be comforting people skills, especially being a female superstar. Like that's probably something she's been expected to learn. Mm-hmm. So, cause that kind of skill you have naturally a little bit, but there's also a learned aspect of like learning how to be comforting in these situations. So it's, that's kind of what we see is like her be very compassionate and kind. Right. And that's the end of the first episode. Yes. So it's, it kind of feels like a bait and switch of like, you thought you were getting celebrity cop training and what you're getting is the show cops with celebrities. Yes. And like, that's kind of a cool idea too. But, like, they don't make it clear, like, that's what the show is going to be. So, episode two feels like a completely different show. Yes. Because there's no fun, we're training all their celebrities so they don't know what they're doing parts. It's just them being cops. Uh, the first thing I want to point out is that that we've moved from CBS to VH1. Yes. Um, CBS actually did run all four of these episodes. Really? Uh, but the YouTube rip... Moves to VH1. Yes, because I noticed when we watched uh, the first episode, which was ripped from CBS, the commercial says, come back tomorrow for Armed and Famous. And yes. I was like, oh, they're already burning through these quickly. Yes. And uh, they. the other thing is the there's a completely different intro. Yes. The VH1 intro is very 2006 VH1. Well, there's two intros. Like, first there's the, like... Here's who these celebrities are. WWE superstar, Trish Stratus. Yeah, that's held over from the CBS one. That doesn't play in the first episode. Right. Because they never introduce who these people are in the first episode. Right. But they show that, and then they show this weird, like, 2000-y, like, half-animated theme. Yeah, it's very very VH1 celebrity. Mm Mm-hmm. Of, like, quick, cheap... Terrible theme song. Yes. They're armed and famous. Yeah, it does have a unique theme song. Uh, but it... Unique to the show, but it sounds a lot like Megan Wants a Millionaire. Yeah, it does kind of sound like, Megan Wants a Billionaire. They're armed and famous. <laughs> it's tongue-in-cheek and weird. So the first thing we see is Eric Estrada being complimented for looking good and then arresting a guy for threatening his girlfriend. Yes. This is a lot of what we get here. We get a lot of domestic violence calls. Yes. Uh, There's this weird uh, situation where he arrests the boyfriend. Yeah. And the boyfriend goes, Ponch, you're looking good. Yeah. And then, like, they kind of, like, Eric Estrada's like, oh, you know who I am. And he kind of gets, like, chummy with him immediately. Yeah. And then he's immediately like, yeah, I hit my girlfriend. And then you see him throw him in the car, shut the door, and he turns to the camera and he goes, he's not cool. (laughs) We're done. We're done. We're done. I'm not talking to you. He's not cool. Yeah, like... It's like, oh, you thought he was cool because he knew who you were, and then you listened to him. And then uh, we get one of my least favorite... We get one where Trish Stratus goes to arrest someone, and when the perp gets combative... Mm -hmm. We see real cops intervene. It's not just her and her partner. There is another cop. Yes. And they clearly kind of like push Trish out. Yes. But then let Trish go yell at his face. Yeah, there's a part where he's in the cop car. 
And he's still on the ground when Trish goes and screams in his face, but he's cuffed. Oh, well, then she does it again. Yes, she does. He's in the cop car. Like, oh, oh, are you going to jail? You going to jail? I was like, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. What's that? Yeah, I want to think about that when he's in jail tonight. Can cops do that? Well, they shouldn't. That's a little messed up. To have like a man bound and locked in a car and then you just jabber jaw them. And then one of the ones I really don't like is we see uh, Jason Acuna and his partner going into a mall because there's a woman who's suspected of shoplifting. Yeah. And Acuna first goes after her alone. Yes. And she kind of refuses to go with him. Yeah. This is a cast member of Jackass. Yes, who's with a camera crew. And she keeps saying things like, I'm not going to go with you, call a real cop. Yeah. And he's like, I am a real cop. And I was like, yeah, I I get why you would not think that this was real. And like, she didn't actually shoplift. She gets arrested for disorderly conduct for refusing to go with them. This is the one that really makes me mad. Oh, I thought they like they never got to check her stuff. I mean, they arrest her. Yeah. But, like, they arrest her for disorderly conduct. Oh, I didn't catch that. Uh, And I want to bring this up because I know you have research on it. This is the first time I noticed, hey, they pixelated her face. Yes. um, Every other suspect that's been arrested, we've been able to see. Yeah, they were offered a pittance for their likeness rights. Like, $150. Wow. Or a t-shirt that said... I got arrested by a celebrity and all I got was this stupid t-shirt. That is the most insulting thing I can think of. Like, you can't wear that shirt anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, they... they Just wear it to a job interview? Yeah, like, they got caught paying them next to nothing. Um, Like, less than $500. $150 is the low number I saw. To expose them on national television as a drunk or a thief. Or, or domestic a, violence. Or a meth addict. Or, or crack addict. Yeah, I don't um, think meth was big then. Because one woman was upset because her son accepted $150. Her 23-year-old son. Oh, really? And there were complaints about how much time was being spent in poor areas of the town. Right. This was published while the show was filming. Interesting. Like, this news article was published during filming ahead of airing. And the police chief was like, we're not doing anything to low-income residents. My department's not involved in the waiver process. Uh, They just kind of claimed, like, they were doing regular policing. Yeah, like, the show was handling that stuff. And the producer apparently told this woman's son... That he was going to be on TV anyway, so he may as well sign the waiver. Ooh. And the kid knew he needed a certain amount of money to get out of jail on bail. Oh, wow. So he wanted to help his family with the bail money. And then another case claimed that he was held. uh, And he was not officially booked until he signed the waiver. Oh, crap. That's that's like a super crime. (laughs) Yeah, and these are, like, these are for, you know, drug... These were mostly also for marijuana convictions, which in 2021, like, is officially... Really? I feel like we only saw one of those. The two uh, people who complained in, oh, okay, this, gotcha. uh, in this article were... Mar- well, a marijuana conviction isn't um, 
isn't as publicly stigmatized. I don't think you're going to see people who got booked for domestic violence and threats mm-hmm. be acting the same way as like a weed conviction. Right, right. Because there's a lot of arguments currently that we, and I agree with this, that weed conviction should be thrown out and expunged. Yeah. yeah. Because seriously, who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's weed. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So then we get Latoya's storyline for this episode. Unbelievable. She She's yelling at a man who broke into a car and then gets terrified by what has to be the most comically adorable orange cat you've ever seen. Yeah, it turns out she's it's a af- full Puss in Boots cat. She's afraid of kitties. Yeah, and like, this is not a feral, like, scary, wild cat. Uh, so This is a cute, or- like, if this was at your friend's house, you would avoid everyone at the party and sit with the cat the whole time. So Latoya, who at this point, again, in all aspects, is a real cop doing real arrests with another real cop in a real cop car dealing with real crimes. Crimes? Gets into the cop car and locks herself in because there's a cat. And, like, locks her partner out. Yeah, and the partner's like, I need to get in there for cop things. And Latoya says, no, you have a cat. And she's like, no, I don't. Yeah, this poor woman, like, doesn't have a cat. She's just like, please let me in. Like, help. Which is insane. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's her storyline for this episode. We see... This is the one where they try to humanize the cop partners. Because we also get... Eric and his partner, Jamie, get pedicures. Yeah, they, they try to show that they, they do They're stuff They're bonding. Together. Yeah. And uh, Wee Man takes his cop skateboarding. Mm-hmm. And this one's kind of funny because Wee Man's cop just cannot do it. There's a shot of the, the cop falling and Wee Man just continuing to skateboard around his body. Mm-hmm. Wee Man never runs over him or anything. No. Well, it doesn't do anything like that. And then LaToya goes to the grocery store in what, either a red two-piece ensemble or a red cat suit. Yeah. <laughs> and then she, it's like, it's funny, it's an IGA, which was a chain I didn't know still existed. Right. Because they, they used to have these in our area, but I haven't seen an IGA in like 20 years. They yes. all became shop rights around here. So she asks if they have, in this order, capers, caviar, and champagne. No to all. Yeah, and the champagne especially makes sense because I don't know Indiana's liquor laws. But they do not cover, they do not carry alcohol. Yeah. And like New Jersey grocery stores, for the most part, don't either. So I kind of right. get that. And then, so she buys groceries, and she ends up buying, like, pasta, jarred sauce. She goes from capers and caviar to what a poor 19-year-old makes his girlfriend when he wants to make her dinner for the first time. Yeah, exactly. And uh, she's astounded by how little the groceries cost, because her bill comes to $31. And the guy behind her goes, well, that's expensive around here. Yeah. And I wanted to point that out. Of the disconnect, particularly Latoya has, mm-hmm. with um, the real class reality of where they live. Because Latoya is probably one of the older celebrities here. Mm-hmm. She might be the oldest, but she's also probably been famous the long. Erica Strada is older than her, but she's also been famous the longest. Right. So she hasn't. 
struggled financially since maybe her childhood. Mm -hmm. And a lot of kids are kind of insulated from it. So she has no concept of what things cost. Mm -hmm. So she goes to Amy's house and she's going to cook them dinner. She... You were laughing at me this entire scene because I kept going, oh no. <laughs> she uses the saddest, tiniest little pot to cook angel hair pasta. Yes, she you does. You know she overcooked it. Oh yeah. And so she like makes spaghetti for mm-hmm. Amy. And Amy and her family are just kind of like, uh-huh, okay. And then we get... Um, then we start questioning, where's Jack? We haven't seen Jack in quite some time. Well, then we get the... I actually don't have what celebrity this was. The crying woman who got... The crying pregnant woman. This is Trish. Yes. I was I was upset about this. Yes. Uh, I didn't have who it was down. This pregnant woman steals money from a cash register at a bar. Yes. And No, wait. It wasn't Trish. Because she's with one of the blonde cops. Who, whoever's making this arrest. Maybe it's LaToya. Maybe it's LaToya. Because, like, whoever the celebrity is... I have Trish prostitute in my notes, but I don't think this is the, that crime. No. Uh, basically, it turns out that this woman who is pregnant and stole from the cash register already has three other kids and wants to just provide best for them. And she just cries. And I think it's Latoya, now that I, like, I really think about it, yeah. is trying to like really comfort her and like try to get her help. And the partner says something like, You're a mess. Don't you know how to use birth control or a condom? You got two that you can't take care of now, and now you got another one on the way. And I find that so offensive for the cop to immediately assume all those kids were the results of consensual acts. Yeah, or like that she is the resources or the ability. Like... It's gross. There's a lot of yeah. really nasty classes like, in this. Yes, yeah, like you don't know this story, and like, there's nothing that I can think of that saying what you've never heard of condoms or birth control helps the situation. And she implies that she was trying to help her kids escape an abusive situation. Yeah, there's like a lot of layers here that they that they don't go into, which implies that like there might have been reproductive co- coercion here, marital yeah. rape. Yeah. Like, like, there's a lot of problems, but they're just like, ah, she's a thief. Yeah, it's compassionless. It's really, like, it. it's the first crime that I feel really disgusting watching them mm-hmm. take her down. And then Jack and his officer, who we hadn't seen in a while, are chasing down a murderer with the help of the victim's sister. Yeah. Who, like, points out where his car is. Because they, it was like it wasn't like a random murder. It was a dispute that went yeah. awry. And they were like, "All right, we're gonna have Jack in the back watching the back door." Mm-hmm. And it's just Jack, gun drawn. Yeah. Like he's like, "I'd love to be there with the action is, but I'm the rookie, so I'm out here doing my job." And I was like, "Dude, there's a chance an armed man is gonna fly out this door firing wildly." Yeah. And then you're gonna take them down, like. You're Jack Osborne. <laughs> You're the dude that that threw like food at your neighbor. <laughs> like, yeah. What? Did, oh my God! How is this happening? 
Then Latoya goes to therapy to deal with her cat fear. This is a huge problem with this show. Is it goes... There's like this weird mood whiplash of yeah, like... Yeah, of like, Jack is a life or death situation. Cop. Like, he could have died. Like, like the murderer could have lost his mind, killed Jack Osborne, and then himself, and then that would have been the story of this show. Luckily, it's not. And also, we're going to have Latoya Jackson face her fear and pet a kitten. Those scenes happen next to each other. I, I kept making jokes about... um. Hey Arnold, when the episode where Oscar Kakasha learns to read, do you want to pet the kitty? <laughs> and I kept saying that during that scene, I thought you were going to punch me. And uh, then we get a domestic incident with uh, Odell and Wee Man. And yes. it's really funny because I'm thinking about how like beat up Wee Man's partner's got to be. Yeah, from, from falling like, on the skateboard. <laughs> and then we get a really fun Trish Stratus interlude. Right. With someone who's drunk and disorderly, but it's just like a guy break dancing outside of a bar. Oh, yeah. And she's trying to, like, talk him down and, like, handle the situation. And it, th- there's really nothing wrong. Like, this is... No one's hurt. No. It's just this drunk guy dancing on the lawn. Like, yeah, yeah. who called the cops on them anyway? Right, Why don't you right. call the cops in this situation? Yeah, let them be. Give them a glass let of water anybody. and a piece of bread. Yeah, like cardboard to do head spins on. And... Then we end on LaToya and Amy going to a call. There's a cat. LaToya has to go to the door. There's a cat. And then the last shot of the episode is Amy like, hee 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 Well, LaToya bravely faces her fear of being slightly near a cat. Yes. Because she's grown as a police officer. Well, and then we end on them in a diner. Yeah, this is the new thing that they're doing is like... The five of them go to a diner and kind of like talk about their time as cops. Yeah, because we, I think the producers realized we didn't see the five of them together ever again. Yeah, so this is like the wrap up where it's like, yeah, it's tough out there on the streets or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, episode three. Episode three. We start with a young woman, uh, Jack and his cop pull over a young woman going the wrong way down a one way street. No, it's Trish. Oh, Trish and her partner. Sorry. It's Trish because they, they the woman's going the wrong way down a one-way street. They're like, well, I guess we should... Like they're, they're facing each other and they're like, I guess we should turn the lights on. They turn the lights on and the girl's like, I'm so sorry. I went down a runway street. I've never done this before. And they're like... It's a, it's a young woman. She's DDing. She's yeah. clearly like... I, this is one of the... I wanted to point her out, actually. This is one of the few times I think they pulled over a college student. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is clearly a Ball State student who's just like, I don't know the area. And she's got good TV. Because yeah. she's tired, sober, DDing, and is just like, yeah. I screwed up. So, like, let's bad. talk to your drunk friend. <laughs> What's up, bitch? Well, she looks straight at, at Trish Trash and goes, You're a sexy bitch. Yeah. <laughs> You're a sexy bitch. You're one sexy bitch. She just call me a sexy bitch. And Trish is like, I'm a sexy bitch in a I'm a cop and I'm supposed to be offended, but thank you type of voice. Yeah, like, because I, I always love the meme of the magical drunk girl. <laughs> um, the like how drunk girls are just kind Disney princesses, but they're wasted and swear a lot. Yeah. And uh, I always love that meme. So this is kind of that. Th- that's what this girl is. She is 
really nice. Yeah. Wasted. But they, like, the driver is not good TV, so they go bother the passenger, who is doing nothing illegal. No. She's drunk in the passenger seat. Yeah. Nothing illegal there. So, then we get the cold, like, the intro sequence. Yeah. We get a canine arrest? With uh, Eric the, Estrada. Yes. This one feels fake. Because it is a guy stealing a backhoe. Yeah. He gets out of the back. Like, they surround him. They're like, get out of the backhoe, put your hands on your head. And he gets out, he puts his hands on his head, and then he runs. And I was like, I could not imagine this guy running in this situation. There's nine cops and a German shepherd and a camera crew. Yeah. Like, where does he think he's going? The dude gets bitten by a German shepherd. And this is one of those moments where cops surround the guy, mm-hmm. cuff the guy, and then scatter. And Eric Estrada enters to pick the guy up. Yes. And I was like, this, this feels very mm. staged. And Maybe not fake, but definitely staged. And Eric Estrada delivers his like monologue of like, Listen, you know where I come from? I was raised on welfare. My dad was a heroin addict. When I was five years old, I was selling snow cones on the streets of New York City. You got a choice to do what you want to do with your life. You don't need to end up like this. So don't tell me you got no choice. You got choices in life. Okay, Eric Estrada. <laughs> yeah. So then, uh, Trish Stratus is making an arrest. This is not the young girl who went the wrong way in the one way. Yeah. And the crime doesn't matter, but she doesn't pat down the perp correctly. She's behind the perp. Yes. Which could get you kicked in the face. Yeah. And she doesn't handcuff the uh, the perp well. Yeah, she struggles. And her cop, like, on. yells at her for it. Yes, and takes her to, like, a cop memorial. Yes. And points out a name of someone who died. That he knew, who, like, died as the result of not patting someone down properly. Yes. And I'm just going to say it now. Uh, later on, she does a pat down correctly. And it was mm-hmm. supposed to be, like... That was her arc for this episode. She didn't know how to pat someone down and then she knew how to pat someone down. Yeah. This is such... It's very television. This whole, like, series of events. Yeah. That, like, again, adds, like, this weird falseness to it. Yeah. Uh, But it's entertaining. (laughs) We hear LaToya on the phone with her mother. Mm -hmm. Because someone has told mother that she's a police officer. Yes. And... It's always weird to me. Like, she calls her mom mother. Mm-hmm. And that's always a thing that, like, weirds me out when, like, very adult people do. Yeah. Uh, because mother, to me, is the kid equivalent of the first and middle name. Yeah. Like, you call your mom mother when you're like, mother, I promise I know what I'm doing. Like, to me, that's the, I am stern. I'm an adult child. I'm stern. Yeah. And she just calls her mom mother casually. Mm. But it's such a formal tone. Because, like, I feel less weird about, like, very adult women calling their mom mommy. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, okay, that's just an ingrained habit. I get that. Or mom or mama or what have mm. you. Latoya's mother is wildly sexist against female cops. She doesn't think Latoya should be a cop. And she doesn't think Latoya's partner should be a cop. Yeah, women have no... <laughs> no place in the police department. You're not as strong as a man. Yeah, this is this is a little gross, but again, they're like trying to create a plot point. Yes. Then we get Jason Acuna, Wee Man, and his partner 
pulling over a boy who is clearly under the influence of something, mm-hmm. who had a loaded gun on and his a, person and a big old gallon bag of drugs. And th- like this really shows we man more than anyone looking like a cop. Yeah. Like they take the guy away and the, the his partner's the one that finds the gun on him. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Wee Man's going through the car and he's like, he finds the drugs and then he calls someone else over. Like, yeah. look what I found. Like, this is the most, this feels like cops doing cop things minus any type of like reality show famous stuff. Yeah, and then Jace Nakunya takes the girl aside because the first thing you're going to do is separate the two of them. Yeah. And the girl doesn't, like the girl didn't know about the gun. Mm-hmm. And she didn't know about the drugs. She's 17. Her boyfriend is over 18. And she's scared. Yeah. Like, this could ruin her life. And she actually didn't even know about anything. Mm-hmm. And she's 17 and the boyfriend's older. I forget how old the boyfriend is. I'm not is. sure if they say. But, like, he's over 18. Mm-hmm. He's old enough that there's definitely, like, a possible consent issue there. Yeah. And the guy even tells the cop that the girl didn't know about the weed. Yeah. So Or the gun. Uh, they call, and this is so telling to me, they call a friend and her dad to come pick this girl up. Mm-hmm. Not her parents. So that either tells you her parents are not in the picture, mm-hmm. or there is a reason she didn't feel safe going with her parents. Oh. I, I immediately thought it was, you know, I'm in trouble, I don't want to tell my parents. Yeah. I feel like in most cases, uh, they would release a minor to their parents. Yeah, and this, this might just be me being naive and innocent. Because immediately be like, oh, she didn't want to tell her dad what had happened. But yeah, it's entirely possible that they were not in the picture. That her parents are absent in some way or mm-hmm. that it's, we don't see on camera, but she's not in a safe situation. Mm-hmm. And so they let her go. And as soon as she gets in her friend's car, she breaks down. Yeah. And I think it's also super telling that, like, a friend and her dad have to... Like, this girl is so young, she does not have a friend come pick her up. Yeah. It has to be a friend and her dad. Yeah, she doesn't have a friend with a driver's license. And so, like, that one's really sad to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Then we get a... Domestic violence call that really just gets under my skin. Okay. It's LaToya and Amy, and they go pick up a domestic dispute, and the man has hit his intimate partner. Yes. And LaToya takes the victim aside and goes like, do not allow this to happen to you. And the victim, who clearly has none of the economic advantages LaToya has, is like, Mm -hmm. right. Literally just... Flatly like, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Oh, thanks, LaToya Jackson. It didn't occur to me. Mm-hmm. Stop being Just poor. go to one of my other houses? I Like, I don't know why I didn't think about going to my lake house. And the man keeps going like, I never hit you. I just pushed you. And the woman's like, you hit me. Yeah, you did. And then Amy snaps. Like, Amy yells at the guy. Like, stop lying. Yeah. Like, who do you think we're going to believe her? You. Mm-hmm. And... He also has had, like, multiple warrants out mm-hmm. for hitting her before. Yeah. But the way the victim is spoken to in this situation is so maddening to me. Because they think they're doing a great job. 
And like... They're like, Latoya Jackson's really going to reach this person. It's like, no. <laughs> no, like, this, you know, I'm... I'm thinking that this woman does not have the economic ability to leave mm. this man. Yeah, this assumption of like, perhaps this person has never thought not to get hit. Like, come on. <laughs> have you tried not being hit? Yeah. And then we immediately get another crime that makes me angry. Uh, Jack goes after a B felony possession of crack cocaine. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, an Osborne arresting someone for drugs. Ha 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 ha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and immediately Jack's also saying things like, this is a den. I used to hang out in places like this worse than this. Like, this is a nice den compared to the dens I used to hang out with. And I just want to be like, shut up, you have money. Like, yeah. And uh, the person they're looking for isn't home. And a man who also lives there, I didn't get whether he was an intimate partner, a father, or a roommate. Yeah. uh, Leads them through. It's like, I haven't seen her in a while and I don't know where she is. And it's like a sad, poor hoarder place. It's a den. Mm. And Jack talks about his past and his sobriety. Mm-hmm. And then they find the woman and she be- she doesn't want to go to jail. She begs Jack to send her, like, to help her get sent to rehab. Yeah, I really want to point out that she's saying, please don't send me to jail, Officer Osborne. And that's well, why you I go? need a rehab. Can you get me in a rehab? I please, Officer Osborne, I, I need a rehab. Yeah. Which is... Like, to me, her recognizing this celebrity. Like, oh my god, just please help me. Like, I know you have money. Or even if she doesn't recognize that he's a celebrity, because she's she's still, like, addressing him as a person in hopes that he'll treat her like a person. Mm -hmm. Because she's on, like... Like, she's on enough drugs that I'm not positive she would necessarily Mm -hmm. know Jack Osborne. But she's really trying to... And she actually, for the only time... Looks into the camera. Hmm. And, like, pleads for rehab. Jack is super condescending about rehab. Because she goes, like, I went to a meeting. And he goes, go to 90 meetings in 90 days. Well, she says that she went to a meeting. Yeah. And Jack is kind of saying, like, you have to keep going to make it work. Mm Mm-hmm. And I believe what he's trying to get across here is... I went to rehab. It didn't work. It's the meetings that helped. But you still got to go to rehab, dude. And I I looked up some dates because this really got under my skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to Google, he was he has been sober for about 17 years now. Mm-hmm. He checked himself into a California facility in 2003. Yeah, like a really nice rehab. Yeah, like he had good rehab money. So the show was filmed in December 2006, so he'd been sober for less than three years, possibly only two and a half. Right. Which means, like, it's the newly converted, too. Yeah. And he's really, like, to me, he's so condescending. Yeah. Of, like, dude, you have every advantage. You wanted to get clean. MTV could have footed the bill. Your, Your rich family could yeah. have. Like, shut up. Like, I, my guess is because I don't think he's like being purposely spiteful here. Like I think he thinks he's saying the right thing here. Uh, is he felt like rehab didn't do anything for him, but the ninety days of like meetings and having those things is really what helped him. But the time he spent in rehab was probably miserable for him because he was going through withdrawal. 
Yeah. So, of course, he doesn't have good memories of rehab. It was horrible. If he had just been going to meetings going through withdrawal, probably a completely different outcome. Like, I don't want to judge Jack Osborne and his willpower, but, like... No, because he's stayed sober for 17 years, and that's admirable. Yeah, that's great. But, like, I think he's really downplaying the help that money and rehab did for him. Exactly. It's... Him and Latoya, for these to be right in a row, too. It's just like, yeah. oh, the show is inadvertently telling a story about mm-hmm. economic privilege. Yes. Of, I, I'm not positive, but like, there could have been charges these people have had that would actually disqualify them from being cops in the real world. Yeah, you'd think. Uh, I'm not positive. I didn't. That's something that just occurred to me, so I didn't think to do research on it, but like, they could be in a situation where they're not actually eligible to be cops. Yeah. So, the next thing we see is a man who had been stabbed. Um, what? Oh, no, excuse me. That's another... Sorry. Yeah. Uh, this is a man who is at a bar, and he's claiming that he was assaulted. Yes. But he had fallen. He had just fallen, and he was just blaming people. He so was he's just a bloody drunk. <laughs> and he was blaming a woman he'd been dancing with. Mm-hmm. And she's really smart in this situation. Because she's brought a chair out. Because they, they took her out too. Yeah, I was like, can we get him a chair to sit in? So like, it's something Eric Estrada has asked for. Yeah, and she takes the chair and just keeps it between her and him. Yes. Because he's trying to attack her. Yes. For allegedly attacking him. And then they were like... Is he your boyfriend? She goes, I ain't got a boyfriend. My man's in jail. I missed that line. And again, this is a college town and I feel like we're only, we've seen maybe two or three people who are connected with the college. Yeah. So to me, I'm like really thinking about like that accusation that they stayed on the poor side of town. Yeah. It's like, are all of these calls in the same like couple of neighborhoods? I mean... We'll find a lot of evidence of that soon. Yeah, and, and then... The next episode kind of establishes that. And then the next one we get is a... Um, is a They find a stolen truck on the side of the road. It's yes. uh, Wee Man and his uh, partner. Mm-hmm. And they return a stolen truck and everyone's happy. And everybody's happy. That's all I had to say. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, they, they like get a picture with him. And then we have Trish Stratus... Going to a uh, a drunken disorderly. Yes. And I, I actually noted uh, that she's in a Ball State jacket. Oh, good good catch. Because I don't have a lot of interesting notes for this. And one. she says something about my boys watch wrestling. So I don't... Oh, yes, this girl. I can't really tell if she is... Um, I can't really tell if she's like the parent of a student or if she's a student or if she works there. But she's clearly, like, connected to this university. Yeah. And I, I found that really, really interesting. Yeah, but she she's one of the few people that's, like, it's very clear that they're recognizing the person here. Yeah. Because, like, Erica Strata clearly gets recognized. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trish clearly gets recognized. There's not really a time where you see Jack Osborne clearly get recognized. Or nor, LaToya. Nor LaToya. And... Not really Wee Man, despite, like, he has a very unique look. <laughs> I mean, the the stolen truck people recognized him. True, true. Um, and, like, I think the woman who they, like, accost in the mall 
recognizes him. Yes, I'm suspicious of that as well. So, it this one's kind of rough. She gets the pat down correct, and she's just like drunk and disorderly. Yeah. And she kind of appeals to Trish's humanity by going like, my boys watch wrestling. Mm-hmm. And Trish is like, I don't care. Yeah. Thank you. Like, and again, it's, it feels very outsized for what she did. Yeah. Like, she's drunk and disorderly, but she ends up in a cop car. Well, there was a fight with this one. There was some sort of fight that they missed. I guess. Yeah. This one's not super clear. And then the Latoya plot line in this one, and we get we get a while with this, is they're escorting a woman to a birthing center. Yes. Because she's, like, in labor in the back of her car. And they... They're a little late to the birthing center because by the time they get there, there's a whole ass baby. There's a whole ass baby. And she's like, I didn't even push. <laughs> baby just came out. And they're like, yeah, that's how it happens. I was like, who the hell are you? And <laughs> also, it's not. It's not how it happens. What are you talking about? Like, it, she, this woman had an uncommonly brief labor. Yeah. Um, this baby crawled out with a job. Just like, I got things to do. Yeah. Like, came out with an MBA. Yeah. Um, Where's the scissory thing? I got stuff. Latoya is, like, all up in this poor woman's business. Yeah, she's like... There's a point where she takes the baby from the nurse to hand to the father. That's the the two moments I wanted to talk about is, like, Latoya's like, do you want... The father comes home and is like, do you want to meet your your son? She's like, yeah. And then the nurse hands it to Latoya and Latoya hands it to the father and does not move physically. Like, they just pass it assembly line. Like, there's no reason for her to be involved. (laughs) Other than they wanted this shot. And then there's a moment where uh, the mom's like, she's already latching for breastfeeding. And we see like a lot of this woman's boobs. Really? And tries to like, really? Like she kind of wanted some, like she was hungry almost? Yeah, like it's a little (laughs) like, and like Latoya tries to angle to get these poor people to name their baby Latoya. Yes, which I know upset you, but I also know it's the same joke I would make if I was there. And... Uh, they, we see celebrities at the diner, and Latoya's not there because this is while the baby thing is happening. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, like, cheers water, except for Trish and Wee Man, who drink coffee. Yes. And then the next thing we see is, like, the next day. And they bring the newborn to the police station and treat this poor baby as a prop. And also, like, I don't think you're supposed to have newborns around a ton of people. This... Because they have no immune system and it's cold and flu season. I, I don't believe any of this. I don't believe she's not there because she's doing the baby thing. I think this is all an invented timeline. Yeah. I don't think they surprised her by bringing the baby to the police station. I think they knew the baby was coming so that they could film all this. I think most of this is manufactured. Because this, like, it's really clear they're trying to keep Latoya from actual police work. I mean, if we really want to dissect this... The whole story of we're following this car and then when we open the door, she's already holding the baby. Yeah. That, like, who's to say she wasn't just holding a baby in the back of the car? Like, this all could be fake. Easy. Yeah, I mean, or has the baby in an appropriate car seat and then they cut away and then they put the lady in the back of the car Mm. and hand her her baby. Yeah. Like, like there has to be at this least feels some super fake. There has to be some element of manufactured here. Like it might just be the little element of we're pretending to surprise her by coming to visit her. But it seems to me like the most likely thing is none of this is 
Just because the whole story of like, yeah, the baby just came out. Like, I just went through birth and I look good on camera right now. Yeah, like, like she ugh. doesn't look roughed up. She's not ugh. She's not bloody. She's, she's not, not sweaty. sweaty. She didn't poop in the car. I mean, if she didn't have to push, she might not have pooped in the car. Because that's like an... That's like a... She didn't have to push. Like, listen to how ridiculous that sentence is. But what I'm saying is if she didn't push... The poop is when you push. But I like, I, like this is a very weird, it, it, this is fake. Um, <laughs> so then we have episode four. Yes. This one is kind of interesting because the first thing we're told is that they're going to do a prostitution sting and yes. Latoya and Trish are going undercover. Yeah. I rolled my eyes so hard I hurt something. I was like, oh, of course we want to make Trish Stratus go undercover as a prostitute. This yeah. is like... Cop show 101 of, like, you always have a hot female cop who has to go undercover. Uh, yeah, because you were like, oh, you, this is just an excuse to get Trish into something skimpy. And then they make her look filthy. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> they add roots to her hair. Yeah, because what they're saying is that these sex workers are um, drug addicted. Yeah. And so they're not Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman. Yeah. It's also, like, December in Indiana. Yeah. So they're not really dressed in a way of like skimpy because they're freezing. So they had yellow tooth makeup, stage dirt. It looks like they look like they're in a low budget production of Rent. Yeah. They give Latoya a black eye. They give them both like substantially. Uh, they give them both like dark shadows under their eyes and they're not applied well. So it does kind of mm-hmm. look like a black eye. Because um, Trish has it too. Yeah. And ugly Trish Stratus is still pretty hot. Yes. And they yes. use tell Latoya, who kind of has like a very high voice affectation, yeah. to use her big girl voice. Yeah. So she's not always up here. Because especially, she says when she gets nervous, her voice gets very high. Yeah. She talks like Michael. Yes. And Amy coaches her. Uh, through this. Amy coaches both of them. Mm-hmm. We don't see uh, Trish's partner at this sequence. Yeah. And there's a guy looking for a male prostitute and Amy coaches him to tell Latoya to offer a discount. <laughs> which is such a weird exchange. It, it's one of those things where it starts really funny. Yeah. Because like, they warn Trish, like, you're going to ask for $20 and they're going to offer you 5 And Trish is like, nuh-uh. And then that's exactly what happens. Like, And it's kind of funny like that throughout. And there's a lot of like, don't get in the car. Yes. Uh, and it's like, it, it's kind of like a fun, kind of silly situation. Yeah. And then a dude comes rolling up to LaToya. Like, just openly playing with himself. Yeah, like, he keeps, like, the cops tell Latoya to keep him there, so she has to keep talking, and he is openly masturbating while talking to her, which means he's sexually assaulting Latoya Jackson. Yeah. And they're forcing her to stay in the situation. And the cop is saying, like, encourage him, I think? Because I think Latoya says something like, feels good, right? Yeah. It's... Like, I understand that this is something that police undercover put themselves through so they can catch Johns. And if there are no Johns, there will be no prostitutes. That's kind of the idea. Like, you take away the customers so that they're no longer selling. 
I get all of that. But it's definitely weird to be like, this will be fun. We'll dress them up as prostitutes to Latoya Jackson's getting sexually assaulted on camera. Yeah. I, I This one is really just like... And then the car peels off and Latoya books it after her, after this dude, because she just got sexually assaulted. Yeah, like, this is real trauma. Yeah. And they were like, you can't run off to, down the street. And he goes, yeah, but I wanted to be there when he gets arrested. It's like, yeah, but we need you so we can do this again. It's like, yeah, I know you just got sexually assaulted. But we're going to need you to do it again. More. Think back to your three weeks of training. Oh, wait, we didn't cover any of this? Go get sexually assaulted again. Like, all this is just like, oh, ooh, this, I'm surrounded by gray area of uncomfortableness. And it's like, this is the kind of sexual assault that even women themselves will often play for laughs. Mm -hmm. Because it's so common. Yes. Uh, Because I remember, like, there was a situation when I was younger about, like, a number of my friends we're in a computer lab and a man did this to them. Yes, I, I recall this. And I wasn't there because I had um, skipped class that day. Yes. <clears throat> Who cares? I graduated. Yeah. Um, They're going to come take your diploma back. So, uh, but I remember like, we kind it just kind of became a class joke because nobody really wanted to acknowledge that like, it was really gross. Yeah. And so it kind of became the class joke of like, we have to all laugh about it because the alternative is that we all have to deal with it. Yeah. So the next shoot we get, or the next case we get is a woman stabbed her boyfriend in the leg in self-defense. And this is one of the cases that caused a lot of problems for the show. Okay. Uh, because he gets into an argument. Oh, this is this. Yes. And he didn't want to appear on the show. Yes, Eric Estrada is, like, taking this person out on a stretcher. Yeah, because he's been stabbed in the leg. And his face is pixelated. And he threatens to sue Estrada. But he calls him Emilio Estevez. Calls him Emilio Estevez. My first note is... Big giggle. Gordon Bombay would never. Yeah. (laughs) But Andy Clark from The Breakfast Club might. (laughs) And, like, Sims is best known... Sims, the uh, man who had been stabbed... Is best known locally for his role in ultimately successful efforts to persuade city leaders to rename Broadway in honor of slain civil rights leader Martin Luther King Jr. Now, yeah. Now, I want to stress this. This is research you did. Yes. This is not on the show. Yes. So he was an... Like, this was an activist. hmm So I, I wanted to point that out, and that's how, like, the Muncie papers discussed it. Because then he makes the front page of the paper. Yeah, because... Because he's screaming in this man's face. Yeah, Estrada gets into like a swearing argument with this guy. Yes. Because he mentioned his mother or something. Yeah, and it's such a basic insult. Like, it's a yo mama insult. I'm like, oh, come on. Mm -hmm. Like, this is something I would expect to see on like a touch football field. Not even real football, touch football. And and we're going to jump a little bit ahead in the timeline so we can talk about this a bit more. We, We see like... Eric Estrada later in, like, getting coffee, and then he sees the newspaper. It's so staged. Which is so staged. So I was like, okay, none of this is real. Because then, like, the boss wants to have, like, words with him. Yes. But the newspaper's real. 
Mm-hmm. Like, because we found it <laughs> through research. I did. Like, Laura the, found it. So The like, Muncie Star Press. Yeah, so, like, this is a real thing that happened. And this was, like, the first time I, like, really found out that the show was real. Because mm-hmm. I was like, maybe this is all staged. And that was, like, a nice, comforting thing I told myself. Discovering this newspaper that, like, covering that this was real super bothers me. <laughs> and then, um... We get a scene of Wee Man hasn't done anything in this episode, so he shaves Jack's head. He shaves Jack's with head. With Jack's permission. Yes. And then for some mood whiplash, Jack then deals with... Uh, Two people fighting in an alley, and he gets there, and they are covered in blood. Yeah. It looks like a horror movie. I, I uncharitably refer to one of them as a redneck final girl in mm-hmm. my notes, because it kind of looks like that. Yeah. She is spattered in blood. Most of which she concedes is not hers. Yeah, it's some other girl's. That we know we don't see. Yeah, which is like terrifying. And it's a lot of blood and it's all over her face. Is this your blood? Well, it's mine now. Because I have it. Did she say that or no, did you say that? No, that's a joke that? that I'm making for this show. Um, but she had a warrant for a failure to appear. Yes. And so does her partner. Like her yeah. intimate partner. So they're handcuffed and they're just... And they're recalled because they were fighting each other. And they're just like, I love you. And they like they keep trying to kiss mm-hmm. and smoke a cigarette. And There's the, also a really sad thing here. The kids? There's little kids. Yeah. L- like, and when I say kids, guys, I don't mean they're 8, 9, 10 years old. These are toddlers. Yeah. The oldest one might be in kindergarten. Yeah. And they appear on camera not pixelated, mm. which is messed up. Because I'm... These are their parents, so I'm sure they signed whatever they were told to sign. Yeah. And she gets in the car, catches her reflection in the rearview mirror, and begins to cry. Yeah, because this is the first time she realized what she looked like. Yeah. It's like, oh, and all then, this is rough. And Jack and his partner were like, yeah, you were trying to kiss your kids looking like that. Mm-hmm. And then Jack's in the back seat talking to her. This is the second or third time we've seen Jack in the back seat. Why does Jack ride with the criminals in the back seat? I, I have the note of, does his partner hate him? Because we don't see a lot of those little fun moments. Between no, him and not really. And then uh, we see another like Amy and LaToya thing where they're trying to do, trying to still get the Johns. Uh, yes. Who is pixelated? The uh, He's the only other like pixelated person. Yes. And they have nothing to actually arrest him for. So they, they just, let him go. Yeah, yeah, they just yell at him and yell at him for supporting crackheads' habits. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of opinions on the legality of sex work. Yeah. And how I think it should be legal and structured yeah. to protect sex workers. Yeah. Um, because legal the current in Las Vegas. The current system is incredibly punitive to sex workers, mm-hmm. and they have pretty much no recourse if they're attacked. Yeah. Or like robbed or injured in any way. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I would really like I, I did appreciate that they didn't arrest sex workers in this. They were trying to arrest Johns, which I'm still not really that cool with, but I'd rather if you mm-hmm. if you gave me the choice, I'd rather they were going after the people who were exploiting these women. Yeah. Because in in this power imbalance, the, this relationship is exploitative. Yeah. It's one of those things, kind of like marijuana, where, like, look, I understand that there are people that are super against it. Mm -hmm. The idea that, like, let's legalize prostitution, they immediately imagine, like, prostitutes just on their lawns having sex with people. But, like, if you make it legal, you can then regulate it. And you can be like, yeah, you could do this, but... You have to get a license. You have to, like, do it in these areas. Like, you can make it safe. And, like, 
away from the people who are upset by it. Yeah, like you can mandate like STI testing and, you know, mandate protection. And if like a client is trying to refuse using a condom, it would give her the legal recourse to be like, hey, get out. Yes. Uh, Without fear of if she calls the cops, she's going to get in trouble too. But it's much easier to go, it's all wrong. So you're both equally as as in trouble. (sighs) Yeah. Well, then we get a little Wee Man segment where he is asked to meet uh, two twins who have the same condition he does. Yes. And this is a nice little heartwarming. Wee Man comes off the most likable of all five celebrities. Yeah. By a country mile. Mm-hmm. And he talks to these two. They look to be around like six or seven, maybe. They're mm-hmm. young children. Um, I think they're five. I think they actually say that. Okay, they're so five. they're they're very young, like kindergarten yeah. age. And he is playing with the little girls, but mostly he's counseling their mother. Yeah. Of like going to the conventions and talking about what life was like. And he was like, I didn't get made fun of a lot. Like, yeah. Like you are so worried that they're different, that it's going to be rough, but this is just my life. And it was fine. Like that, that is a very interesting stance to hear. Yeah. Like he does a great job playing with them and then also kind of consoling their worried parents. We manage the best. It's Full a really, it's a really the best. And there's a really cute shot as they pull away of one of the twins in the window waving to the camera. It's, it's a nice heartwarming little sequence. Yeah, of the five, we man's the only person that if I saw them at like if I ever got the chance to meet them, I would bring up this show. Yeah, I'd be like we man, I watched Armed and Famous, and you were awesome. Yeah, like then we get. I would uh, not have that conversation with Latoya Jackson. <laughs> Um, then we get Trish Stratus and her partner get a call for a domestic dispute. And it's a couple arguing because they didn't have baby shampoo. And yes. like the adult shampoo was burning a, like the toddler's eyes and they're arguing about it. Mm-hmm. And so then Trish is like, come with me. You're not under arrest. Yeah. Come get a cup of coffee with me. And she takes him to like a convenience store and gets him to buy flowers Mm-hmm. For his girlfriend and a bottle of baby shampoo. Yes. And, and her Snickers. favorite candy. Yeah. Um, and it's a very, like, sweet little moment of mm-hmm. he. she brings him back to the house. He apologizes, gives her the flowers, the baby shampoo, and the candy bar. And, like, the cop, the uh, woman looks at Trish and goes, like, you actually solved the problem. Yeah. And... Then they cut to her partner rolling his goddamn eyes. <laughs> and Stratus says something really sharp at this point. Because he's like, You can't be that nice to everybody. Let me make a deal with you. I won't be that nice to everybody. You're just nice to somebody. Holy shit. This show makes a lot of points <laughs> I don't think it realizes it's making. Nope. Uh, then we get another one that really irritates me. Latoya and Amy go and answer a noise complaint. (laughs) This is great. And it's a band playing. And then, like, Latoya counsels them on soundproofing the house because her, like, Mm -hmm. her experience was like, oh, I lived in a little house like this in Gary, Indiana, not far from here. Yeah. And here's how you soundproof the house. That's what you have to do. You can't be mean to your neighbors. And the band, making lemons out of lemonade, 
plays music because there's a camera crew here. And a Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like Latoya Jackson dancing. And they're not being quiet. They're playing the drums. Yeah, but like, I, I can't hate on this band because like, yeah. you need, yeah, I get it. Get your money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> get that screen time. Yeah, get that exposure, kids. I, I looked. I couldn't find anything about this band. Yeah, I didn't. I really wanted to be like, and then they were Creed. But... <laughs> And then Estrada and his partner go answer a domestic dispute. And he loses his temper at what looks to be either a very young adult or an older teenager. Well... Because she doesn't want to talk to him. Yeah. Because he's munch from chips. (laughs) I said it wrong on purpose that time. He's munch from pretzels. Uh, Uh, He's punch from chips and like... The girl he's yelling at is probably around the same age as me and never watched Chips. Yeah. Well, you missed the person going. They wants to call child protection on me because my son has a viral infection and every time he goes and farts, he uh, has diarrhea. I did miss that because I was taking <laughs> other notes. Oh. I was like, oh. And like, she screams that line down the camera lens. And I was like... Are you trying to get attention? Because this is not the way to do it. Yeah, like, and this was before auto-tune the news. Yeah. Like, this was before that could kind of, like, go viral. This is before Ain't Nobody Got Time for That and Hide Your Kids, Hide Your Wife. So, like, he just, he yells at people and then he compliments himself for keeping his cool after he's yelled at this very young... Because he didn't curse her out. Oh, good for him. Well, that's his arc. He cursed out the other person who had been stabbed. And he only yelled at this girl. He only yelled at this girl. Ah, he's vile. Um, Then we get another... Yeah, let's get ready for some more mood whiplash. Stratus and... Trish Stratus and her partner need to do a welfare check on someone whose work has reported them missing. Yeah. Like, oh, he hasn't been showing up to work and he's usually really good about it. He's not answering his Mm. phone. Um... The man has died. Yeah, they, they find his body. It's nothing suspicious. It's yeah. just tragic. Um, and they call his next of kin, which is his separate his wife, who he is separated from, mm. and his stepdaughter. They were separated, but they were amicable. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, like, this made me question how much footage they had. Because, like, we already established Trish was great this episode because of the shampoo thing. Yeah. So seeing her be sympathetic again is not something we need as an audience. And this is just such a bummer. To get, like, a little real here, my dad died six months ago and I had to be the one to make the call Mm -hmm. to the cops. Because if someone dies at home, you have to call the police so they can, I guess, rule out anything suspicious. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and my father had died of natural causes. He'd been ill for a considerable amount of time. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's the most awkward situation. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the cops are there to, like, kind of declare him dead legally and, you know, make sure we didn't murder him. Yeah. Like. And I'm glad in that situation it wasn't Trish Stratus and a camera crew. I, I had a moment where I was like, what if this had been Trish? Like. And I don't handle feelings well because I was I was cracking jokes the whole time to like mm-hmm. not have to feel feelings like a human being. Could you imagine if this had been Trish Stratus? How hilariously inappropriate I would have been the entire time. Yeah, I would have been like, "So you're gonna do you're gonna do ten count? He's not gonna get back in the room." Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh god! It's my 
dead dad. Like, I'm allowed to... Yeah, so at least these people could feel feelings like human beings. <laughs> like... Because his... <laughs> I killed Noah, guys. <laughs> oh, God. Noah is so visibly upset, you guys. You can't... You would talk to her like she was a referee? Unbelievable. <laughs> but, like... The other thing, I they, they work the night shift. Who does a welfare check in the middle of the night? Yeah, I thought that was weird. Like, too. logically... Maybe he worked at night. I guess, maybe. but like... It seems weird that they would do a welfare check in the middle of the night. Yeah. Uh, because... People sleep? Mm-hmm. She guesses? Um, and like... The wife and stepdaughter come over in what is ostensibly the middle of the night... Mm-hmm. The stepdaughter's crying and like pleading, like, "Are you sure he's dead?" And it's like really wrenching. Yeah, because the stepdaughter's, you know, another again, another older teenager, young adult, like maybe college age student herself, mm-hmm. and like is finding out her stepdad has died, who like mm-hmm. is probably a major male figure in her life mm-hmm. from Trish Stratus. Yeah, could you imagine like? When you go to college and, like, you're doing, like, it's your first day of class. I just want to get to know everybody. Um, who's the most famous person you ever met? Oh, God. That's what I do in my class, too. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, I met Tristratus. Really? How? Well, she pronounced my father dead. <laughs> whoa. 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 Class is canceled. <laughs> we will talk about physics tomorrow. What? <laughs> I mean, mine for the longest time was Chris Jericho almost hitting me with a car. Yeah, that's, I mean, still. <laughs> like, oh, Chris, like, because I could understand that Chris Jericho probably operates a vehicle. Yeah. Not Trish Stratus pronouncing people dead. So, yeah, like, this one's just, it's a little rough. Uh, yeah. And then, to nicely bookend the, theor- the series, uh, we have a, compl- a noise complaint of someone acting a fool in the streets, and it's Mike, the person with the hands from the first episode. Yeah. Which kind of lends to your theory of like, oh, they're staying in the same area. Yeah. Because like, we've seen the person who did the prostitution thing, we saw him twice. Yeah. We've now seen Mike twice. So like, they're just kind of circling these usual areas. Yeah, this time it's LaToya. Yeah. She finds a crack pipe on the ground, and she's like, I found evidence. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Latoya looks like a cop here, yeah. which is like kind the of most a nice she looks like a cop. Her. And then the show ends with them doing the night diner thing. Yes. So the show had four episodes that ran. There was rumors of a fifth episode because VH1 was supposed to do a marathon on February third, two thousand seven. Right. Of the four episodes that ran, and then a fifth episode. Right. The marathon was pushed back to the tenth, and the fifth episode did not run. There were supposed to be two more episodes that do not exist outside of raw footage. It has been openly acknowledged okay. that those episodes were never completed. Nothing has ever been confirmed about the fifth one. Um, outside okay. of, we know it didn't air. And so, on the day of the series premiere, the Armed and Famous cast went back to Muncie and gave them three, like, fully equipped brand new Hummers for their, um, okay. like Hummer SUVs for the force. And the police chief offered Osborne a full-time position. He declined. That's crazy. But asked for a letter of recommendation 
because he wanted to try to be an LAPD yeah. officer. It's it's very interesting because I guess that would imply that Jack was just really good at being a cop because we I feel like we see him the least. I, yeah, I almost feel like he was bad TV because he was too good at copping. Uh, the the little thing that I found in my research that I want to bring up yeah. is uh, if you go to the IMDb, it lists that Wee Man, LaToya Jackson, and Jack Osborne were in four episodes of Armed and Famous. Mm-hmm. Trish and Estrada were in five. So while we can't, we don't know what's in the, this mysterious fifth episode that mm-hmm. apparently exists. This implies that it's only the two of them. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jack Osborne was sued as a result of this show. Really? Uh, yes. I found this is uh, from the Muncie Star Press as well. A 22-year-old college student said five to eight SWAT officers, including uh, Osborne and LaToya. Oh, Interesting. Um, entered her apartment, quote, using a key provided by the landlord and handcuffed her. They were looking for two people she didn't know. The police had gone to the wrong address. Oh, that wasn't in the show. No. And like, this is uh, the college student sued. Mm-hmm. And the, all of the articles I found about the lawsuit were in March. The show was pulled in January. But the show got a lot of bad press because it mm-hmm. did look like they were staying in poorer areas it didn't make the town of Muncie look... I, if if I was working at Ball State University and trying to do admissions, this makes the town the college is in look horrible. Yeah. Like, hi, moms and dads. Please send your children to this town full of uh, drug problems and domestic violence disputes. And this is a pretty big state university. It's a state university of about 22,000 students. That's huge. Right. Like... For contrast, uh, Stockton University has 9,000 students. Okay. So this is a school about three times the size of the school you went to. When was this filmed? Uh, This was filmed in December 2006. Aired a month later in January 2007 and was burned off pretty quickly. Yeah, the turnaround is very interesting. Uh, I was just trying to see if I could pull up police records really quick. but Which is why episodes six and seven were never completed. Because it, because it was burned out because like they didn't want to show it because <laughs> they weren't gonna if they were already canceled the show mm-hmm. why would they put the time and money into doing that yeah that makes sense if they're just not gonna air them <sighs> so yeah that was the show yeah the show is fascinating in a weird way yeah uh, it makes a lot of points it doesn't realize it's making mm-hmm. uh, Trish Stratus kind of calling out her partner. For being unkind when she solves a problem with kindness. Yeah. Uh, Jack and LaToya particularly. Uh, not being aware of their own economic privilege. Mm-hmm. And the idea that we man and Jack, who've had extensive experiences in and around drugs. Yeah. I don't know if we man ever had addiction issues himself. I haven't looked into it. I, yeah, I don't recall any of that. But, like, we know the story of Steve-O. And he has bam. clearly been around it. Like, yeah. that is uh, indisputable. So, he, like... But, like, that experience clearly helps him deal with people and talk people down and um, de-escalate situations. Because right. he has experience talking to people who are impaired. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I found that very, very interesting. That the show brings up a lot of things uh, it didn't realize it was doing. But doesn't do them. Like, it makes these points, but doesn't mean to make these points. It's like, it accidentally does it. This show could have used narration. Like, outside of the very beginning. Yeah, I think narration could have helped us a lot. Because there's narration in the first episode, because I thought it was uh, Chris Parnell. Yes. And then we lose that. Like, once again, that first episode is not indicative of what this show is. Yeah. Uh, almost because the first episode is the CBS cut, and the everything else we saw was the VH1 rips. Yes. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's Armed and Famous. Uh, what's your verdict? Stay doomed. Stay doomed? Uh, this was irresponsible in so many ways. People could have gotten hurt. I mean, it, it's very clear they were trying to keep LaToya Jackson mm-hmm. from uh, doing a lot of major police work. Because in the training mm-hmm. segment of the first episode, she comes off as being, like, a little too quick to fire a gun. Yeah. And there's no planet this show runs in 2021. Yeah, in 2021, like, things are different now. Like, Yeah, I think this might have felt different if, if I was watching this in 2006. But watching this in 2021, no no police department in their right mind would be like, LOL, celebrities! Yeah, bring cameras. Uh, Yikes. Because, like, there was a time where, like, when Cops was on the air and, like, Campus PD on G4, where there was this idea of cops of, like, assumed hero. Yeah. So it's like, well, if the cop is, like, tackling a man on cops, that man deserves it because the cops are good. And, like, we live in a time where that is an assumption that is often questioned. Yes. So, like, a show like this just can't work anymore. And we're all a little more aware of the issues that poorer communities are facing, Mm -hmm. the issues uh, surrounding drug addiction. Yeah. So it's no longer... In the early mid-90s and maybe even into the early 2000s, there was a certain level of like schadenfreude that went with this that no longer feels appropriate. This feels like we're watching celebrities bully poor people. Yeah. (laughs) For being poor. Yes, and exploiting them for television purposes. So, yeah, this is a hard stay doomed for me. Yeah, it's a stay doomed for me as well. Rad. But thank you to our patrons for uh, voting for this episode of uh, Stay Doomed. Uh, to our patrons, you can join our Patreon uh, right now, uh, patreon.com slash plus two comedy. You get to join our Discord. You get to do fun live streams with me. And uh, you also get a voice in what we watch here on the show. You also get an exclusive Patreon episode. Last week we put up our poll, and now the final two have moved on to our Patreon polls. Editor Noah popping in here. Recording Noah didn't know what the hell he was talking about. So let me fix some things about what's going on with the Patreon. Currently at time of recording this, the Patreon episode is at a deadlock tie between Nickelodeon Giveaways Deep Dive, where we will be talking about Nickelodeon Super Toy Run, Nick or Treat, and things like that, and Season 1 of Killer Camp, which is a reality show that aired on The CW that drops you right in the middle of an 80s horror movie. So I don't know what the Patreon episode is going to be about. Perhaps you will sign up right now and cast your vote and break that tie for me because uh, we don't know what we're doing. And speaking of Patreon, we also let you help us choose 
what episode we will do next here on Stay Doomed, an actual Stay Doomed episode. So we have the following choices for you. Would you like to see an episode on last month's runner-up, Scared Famous, a VH1 reality show where they put celebrities, celebrities in quotes, through absolutely horrifying situations? Or would you like to do what crowdfund cryptkeeper Matthew has suggested, which is a game show from MTV called The Phone? Contestants are given a phone and a list of tasks to do, and if they obey the commands of the phone, they win some money. Or would you like to see a game show called Puzzlers? Game shows, I feel like, are a missing aspect of Stay Doomed, and I want to do Puzzlers because the problem with game shows is one season usually runs about 59 episodes, and we're not doing that. But I did find a show called Puzzlers, which ran one episode. So, it must be really bad. So check out Puzzlers, and if you want that, you can vote for that. Or, Lara has suggested Archie to Riverdale and Back, which is a Archie made-for-TV movie that was meant to launch a series that was some point created between the 1960s Archie that we covered and the CW Riverdale that we reference constantly. So those are your choices. The way it works is you go to Twitter and you go to at Stay Doomed and you vote for either Scared Famous, The Phone, Puzzlers, or Archie to Riverdale and back. And then the top two will move on to our Patreon and our patrons will decide what episode of Stay Doomed you'll be seeing soon. Now... Back to the episode. So be sure to vote on Patreon now. Thank you to uh, Crowdfund Cryptkeeper Matthew for helping keep the lights on here in Plus Two Comedy Studios. Uh, what are we watching next week? Laura? Next week we are doing the BBC Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I'm super excited for Hitchhiker's Guide. It's I'm excited good. too. It'll be my first Hitchhiker's Guide experience because it's been... A big, weird, nerd blind spot for me. All right. I'm very excited. I haven't seen this one, so I'm. it's going to be a new experience for the both of us. It's the BBC show, not the film. Not the film, not the, the radio show, not the book, not the text adventure. <laughs> Just to clarify. Uh, where can people find us? You can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at staydoomed. And uh, if you want to talk to me about uh, which celebrities you think would make great police officers, I'm at Plus Two Comedy. If you want to upset Noah with more things I could have said to Trish Stratus, I'm at Sprocket League. Until next time, stay doomed.